Well, for this morning's homily, I'd like to draw from a bit of the material that I used for a Sunday homily in Advent, during Advent of 2014. I'm going to draw our attention to our first reading this morning, the book of Acts. We continue through this very fun book, and we see, continue to see the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ being manifest uh, through the promulgation of the gospel, through the, the very powerful and successful preaching of the gospel. And uh, it's so successful that it gets the apostles in trouble, and they get dragged in front of the same court before which Jesus himself was dragged and sentenced to uh, a, a sentence of execution. And so, is their fate going to be the, the same as Jesus's? That's the question. Well, there's an intervention that takes place by the, man, uh, by the name of a man named Gamaliel, who uh, was a very respected member of the, of the Sanhedrin, the governing body of the Jewish leaders. And uh, Gamaliel, to this day, is actually, he's a, he's a name that's relatively well known within rabbinical Judaism, within Jew, the Jewish religion. Uh, he was the grandson of Hillel, who was one of the most important figures within uh, the religion of Judaism. Uh, Judaism, the, the most earliest thinkers of what we would refer to as modern rabbinical Judaism, can be traced back to two different teachers, one of which was Hillel. So Gamaliel is the grandson of this really important guy. Gamaliel was also the teacher uh, before whom St. Paul himself, in the days of his uh, practice of Judaism, learned. He studied with Gamaliel. And we see this man, his wisdom is astounding, actually. Incredibly prescient advice that he gives to his co-religionists. He says, okay, guys, listen, um, hands off, because, you know, we've got lots of precedents for um, political agitators and would-be messiahs who rise up and they get a following and they're killed, and eventually the the following that they gathered around themselves, it just... Peter's out and it comes to nothing, okay, of its own accord. And they don't need to be persecuted. And so if that's the case with this Jesus guy, his movement's going to come to nothing. Uh, But if it's from God, we don't want to be found opposing God, fighting against God. So let's just take a hands-off approach to this whole uh, Jesus movement thing. And, again, as I say, his advice is incredibly prescient. After Gamaliel, over the course of the past 2,000 years, there have been dozens of Jewish individuals who have claimed to be the Messiah. It's a fascinating area of history to, to study. One, uh, one guy, Shabtai Zavi, uh, 17th century, under the um, Ottoman Empire, he was such a successful preacher and mystic, and he claimed to be the Messiah, and he had half of the world's, half of the world's Jewish population believing that he was the Messiah. That's remarkable. And so at one point, uh, it was actually the year, it was a memorable year, 1666, he comes before the Ottoman uh, ruler, the ruler of the Ottoman Empire, uh, the Sultan, and he's, he's basically, his followers are expecting the Sultan to basically bow down to <laughs> Shabtai and recognize him as the Messiah. 
And it doesn't happen that way at all. In fact, the Sultan says, okay, you either convert to Islam or you die. And, and Shabtai, supposed Messiah figure, he converts to Islam. Remarkably enough, he still had a little following, but there was just a very small sect, and they were always Jewish uh, believers. It never spread out to become an international movement, and it eventually just petered out and came to nothing. Another messianic claimant, Abu Isa, uh, a Jewish military leader under the Persian Empire around the 8th century, um, AD. And, uh, he, again, successful military leader, gathered a following about himself, uh, was eventually killed, and his following lasted a little bit, you know, after his death, but then eventually just kind of petered out. Never garnered to itself any non-Jewish followers or adherents. And then you got another f- famous Messianic claimant, uh, Bar Kosova, who was the leader of what's come to be known as the Second Jewish War, a uh, very important uh, war between Judy, uh, the Jewish people and the Roman Empire in the second century. And he was a successful military leader, and he, he actually made Israel independent from the Roman Empire for about three years or so. Again, he was killed. His movement came to nothing. And then we have Gamaliel in our reading today, who's pointing to these two other guys, Thutis, Judas the Galilean, and he's saying, you know, they're, they're savior figures or messianic figures, and they get killed and their followers eventually come to nothing. Jesus gets killed too. And his career comes to what could be interpreted by some as a kind of a disappointing, uh, anticlimactic one. But the opposite happens with him. Not only does his following amongst the Jewish people start to grow after his death, it spreads out and becomes an international reality. And today, there's billions of non-Jewish followers of Jesus. That is remarkable. That, according to Gamaliel's wisdom, shows that this is from God. No other religion can we see this happening in. This is the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is not a failed messianic claimant. He's not a failed political agitator who made big claims about himself but was false. He really is who he said he is. He's the Messiah and he's alive from the dead. And his truth and the power of his resurrection has spread over the whole world and it will continue to spread until he returns. So maybe just a little takeaway thought for me and for possibly you is Do we let the power of Jesus' resurrection really spread within the globe, over the full globe of our own personal lives? Or do we let it, only let it kind of, uh, you know, grow in one continent, if you will, of our hearts? Do we isolate the power of the resurrection from the totality of our lives? Do we like to just keep Jesus in a box? You know, Jesus is, Jesus and that whole resurrection thing, that's for Sundays. That's for when I show up to Mass. But in my moral life, or in my personal relationships, or in my marriage, or my relationship with my children, the power of the resurrection, I don't let it go there. I don't let it go there. So the challenge today is to let Jesus and the power of his resurrection spread to the totality of 
our lives and our hearts, just like it has spread to the totality and the, to the furthest ends of the globe.